This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Yeah, of course she understands that, and she is concerned about that, worried about that. Uh, it's caused anxiety. Uh, she's uh, she has a lot of anxiety right now, uh, being or knowing that jail's a possibility. You know, uh, it's a consequence of her actions, right? So there's nothing we can do about that. The uh, the account that she pled guilty to prevents us from uh, seeking a conditional discharge, so she will get a criminal record. There you go. That's the lawyer for uh, this chair girl, so-called chair girl, uh, Marcella Zoya, who was at Old City Hall earlier today uh, getting sentenced for the uh, crime of throwing a chair off a balcony onto the Gardner Expressway. And uh, having pled guilty, as he said, no conditional discharge. But here's the key. uh, When he was saying that actually this could go to trial, uh, they have uh, issues that they could take this to trial. But the video is the video, according to the lawyer. We got our own lawyer on the case when it comes to young people behaving badly. uh, A litany of such stories. So let's clip through them. Joseph Newberger has joined us here on the Oakley Show. Global News Radio's legal expert with Newberger and Partners. Joseph, how you doing? I'm great, John. How are you? Very good. Kind of curious, you know, when this lawyer talks about uh, his client and she's anxious and afraid of going to jail, but he says, in fact, there were issues that allowed us to go to trial, but the video's video, so uh, based on that, she entered a plea of guilty. What do you think those issues might have been that allowed them to go to trial? No idea. Yeah, it seems open and shut, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just talking. The reality is that video... Uh, it was dispersed pretty widely. Um, I don't know if he's trying to allude that there could be an identity issue, but it isn't. And uh, I, I think the good news out of this is she's at least taking responsibility for her actions, saving a trial and pleading guilty. But uh, the penalty is going to have to be stiff in this case. Well, what do you think that is? Because, I mean, we've got the Crown asking for her to serve some jail time, and the lawyer obviously uh, thinks a suspended sentence uh, would be much, much better, and uh, any kind of jail time would be excessive. How do you see it? No, I, I think jail's appropriate because, you know, the, throwing a chair uh, over the balcony onto a busy highway could kill somebody. And this is not remote. I mean, we've seen terrible things happen from things falling from buildings. And uh, a car driving at a high rate of speed, uh, if it gets struck with this in the windshield, could swerve, hit another car, we could have a, a chain reaction of an accident and people killed. So we can't sentence her to something that would be the most severe circumstances, but there can be a sentence to deter others from doing something which is so incredibly reckless with very foreseeable uh, risk issues to uh, you know regular people just driving on the highway trying to get to where they're going to go. So I think this is absolutely deserving of a jail sentence. Well, the other thing is uh, there were three charges initially, mischief endangering life, to which she pled guilty, but mischief endangering property under 5000 and common nuisance were both dropped. How does that work? Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, as long as you nail her on one, who cares about the others? Yeah, because, first of all, mischief endangering property, you know, it really it's subsumed to some extent under endangering life. That's the much more serious offense. Common nuisance, forget about it. I mean, in this case, it's endangering life, which really is the nub of the issue, because forget about the damage to a vehicle. Somebody can die. Car can swerve, hit another car, can flip. Who knows what can happen? This was exceptionally dangerous. And so that is the right offense, if there is a resolution, that the Crown should have demanded the guilty plea to, and which I think she would have been ultimately convicted of, 
without any sort of uh, an issue. Well, and the fact that uh, she's going to be sentenced on January 14th, when the lawyer, as you heard the clip, says she's suffering uh, anxiety over this, and, you know, the developmental brain of a 19-year-old is not all that, uh, you know, sophisticated, and he's made a lot of statements to that effect. Does that count at all in terms of sentencing? Yeah, no, I mean, there's legitimacy to the fact that she's 19, she's a youthful offender, you know, I, you know, I, I, don't, I, she's probably incredibly immature, and um, when you have no criminal record and you're a youthful offender, and who knows what else was going on at that time, um, I, I think all that has to be taken into consideration when determining what would be a fit and appropriate sentence. Um, and so, you know, some of those comments made by Mr. Leslie make sense, um, but that doesn't absolve her of the serious uh, nature of the offense and what uh, danger could have flowed from here to a regular. Uh, people on the highway. So I still think it's going to be an uphill battle to avoid jail on this. I think, uh, you know, some period of incarceration is going to have to uh, be made by the judge. Interesting. Joseph Newberger is with us, Global News Radio's legal expert, still with young people behaving badly and the potential for going to jail. The sexual assault cases of three at St. Michael's College, you recall last November, a student was assaulted with a broom. Uh, They could be jailed for causing an unforgettable trauma, according to the Crown. Uh, who said, it's one thing to be violently assaulted and penetrated and humiliated. This is with the broom handle. It's another thing to know this is being recorded so that other people can see your humiliation. It kind of lives on in perpetuity. So the Crown is seeking prison sentences for the three of 12 to 15 months, uh, or for two of them, and uh, the one who handled the broom and uh, the two others who videotaped the ordeal. The uh, There's another teen in there. They're asking only for 10 to 12 months. So 12 to 15 months in youth jail, uh, the severity of this crime is obviously impacted by the fact that it lives on in perpetuity on the Internet. Is that a consideration? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, this was recorded for purposes of, you know, populating it to others or at least sharing it with others, which is exceptionally serious. Um, and it shows to some extent what is the mindset of the individuals who committed the offenses. And again, these are kids. They're stupid. They're involved in what is essentially a sports-hazing incident where they think this is some rite of passage. Uh, And so, you know, again, we're talking with young minds doing stupid things who are not really fully developed and not applying a rational analysis. That being said, it's a very serious and heinous crime. It can have lasting traumatic impact to the victims. And uh, the recording of it is just so aggravating, and and having it to share or put on a social platform is very bad. I don't see how jail can be avoided. This is this is a very bad set of facts, and um, hopefully, these individuals have done a number of things to mitigate their liability, including you know some very directed uh, therapy and assessments. Uh, but that being said, um, I think they are looking at some significant period of jail. I think it's probably going to be less than what the Crown is asking, um, but it's going to involve jail and a serious rebuke by the judge, which should be taken seriously by these these young people. They're all 16, so what does that mean in terms of youth jail? What's that like? It's not pleasant. I mean, youth jail is jail. I mean, people may think that, you know, you're in a young offender facility. It's not a big deal, but uh, it, it's, it's, it's serious. I mean, you're with other people who've committed offenses, and it's not exactly uh, warm and cuddly. Um, and for young people who've never been in custody before, separated from their families, um, it has a very serious impact on them. Uh, and, you know, there, there are good programs available, and the idea is to, to work with the youth in jail. So there is a restorative and rehabilitative component to this, but it is punitive, and it's not easy. 
Uh, these facilities are jails, and, uh, and it will be jail. And so are these youths also placed on the sex offender registry? Um, it, it, yes and no. So it's not the same as adults. So this will not be something which will last uh, throughout time, because if they stay out of trouble uh, when they become adults, this will be sealed. So under the youth system, there is the benefit of making bad mistakes, and if you remain out of trouble and you're a good adult, um, this will be sealed and not carried on in perpetuity. Um, so, But the offenses are categorized. They will be followed by probation. Of course, they're labeled sex offenders in this case, but it's not the same as if they're adults. Again, with Joseph Newberger, Global News Radio legal expert with Newberger and Partners. More young people behaving badly. Uh, story tragically out of Paris, Ontario, where on October 27th at about 2.20 in the morning, an elderly couple uh, were the victims of a break-in, a home invasion, both taken to hospital for treatment, and uh, police saying now that one of them died on Monday. Uh, the autopsy conducted on Wednesday, the results have not been released. But if this is uh, after the fact by uh, a couple of weeks, does that still uh, place this 18-year-old alleged perp in uh, a situation where he could be charged with manslaughter, second degree, or any such? Absolutely. Um, so regardless of whether this took two weeks or three weeks for the individual uh, to succumb to the injuries, and, and, and the autopsy will be very important because the cause of death is, is significant, but it's likely we're going to find that had this person uh, this, uh, not been assaulted during the course of the break and enter, uh, they, might, they would not have lined up, wound up in hospital and might not have suffered whatever ill effects occurred afterward. But the, the, the autopsy and cause of death is going to be extremely important. So the charge can be um, increased from an aggravated assault to certainly a manslaughter, uh, if not uh, a murder, because if uh, a murder, if a death occurs during the course of a break and enter, and if there is involvement of any sort of forcible confinement during the course of that break and enter, um, that can go up to a first degree murder. So this can be very, very serious. Um, but it, it could be a situation where the injury itself would not be reasonably foreseeable to result in the death of an individual, but this was an elderly individual who could have had compromised uh, health issues. And so it could be reasonably foreseeable. So I see at, at the least uh, this can be upgraded to a manslaughter. And uh, it's just a tragic event, um, you know, on a break and enter. It's, it's much like, a, you know, a home invasion. Very, right. very sad. Well, you know, and it led me to wonder, I mean, is there a time frame that, you know, after a while you can't make a compelling case to tie it back to the original crime? If it uh, somebody, you know, maybe uh, with a heart condition or it exacerbates a condition, but it's two months after the fact, three months after the fact, can you still maybe plausibly tie it into the original crime? Yeah, because it all comes down to the cause of death. So let's say... Um, the individual, let's take a hypothetical. So the individual suffered a significant head injury that required um, the person to be hospitalized. While in hospital, because of the head injury, over time, other organs start to fail because when you're elderly and you're in bed for a long period of time, you can have other issues. You could develop pneumonia and then other organs start to fail. You can have a chain of causation linking back to the aggravated assault to at least get you to a manslaughter. Um, if uh, the person suffered from, again, a head trauma which resulted in a hematoma, they were unconscious, and then after a while just died. That's directly related to the assault, and you can see that being upgraded to a murder. Now, let's say the person's in hospital, and uh, they're recovering, and then they go for a walk in the hallway, and they fall, 
and injure their head and die as a result of that, that would be an intervening cause which would not link back to the aggravated assault and therefore the person wouldn't be necessarily charged. So you have to have linkage and there has to be a cause which is definitely connected to the uh, original offense, which would be the assault. Um, and there's not necessarily a time frame. It could be weeks. It could even be months in certain cases. Hmm. Joseph, it's been very, very uh, enlightening here this afternoon with young people behaving badly. Just a spate of these stories. We thought yeah. we'd lump them all together there and uh, get your wisdom on the matters. And I appreciate it very much as always. Have a great weekend. Always a pleasure, John. You have a great weekend as well. Take care. You got it. Joseph Newberger, Global News Radio legal expert with Newberger and Partners. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on demand audio. 911. 911. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh my God, the ship is sinking. I can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going down. I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hello? Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.